I'm Ben Carter, your life transformation coach, and I've been sent, called, and commissioned to help you live your very best life. Join me on Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I can't wait to support your leap into victory. Hey, welcome back. What's up, Live family? Welcome back to a new, new radio show. I'm so happy that you are tuning in. I am so happy that you are listening and being encouraged. Thank you to all of my Live family and Victory members that listen to our first few broadcasts. I've been getting a lot of great feedback. Tell a friend to tell a friend about Ben Carter, your life transformation coach. This is Ben the Life Coach Enter Radio Show. You all know that Enter Radio is a word that I made up. It's just internet plus radio. You know, so you're you're listening to me on the internet, but you can listen anywhere from your phone, from your computer, any device that you have, you can click play and listen to any of the shows. So I'm excited about this week. This week we're talking about relationships. <laughs> Yes, 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 relationships. For those of you who know me, uh, you know that I really don't like to talk about relationships. I'm really not a fan of the love topic. Um, I probably should be coached around that. <laughs> I'm only I'm, I'm not a fan of it because for me, sometimes I feel like it's going to jinx my own situation. I know that's not true, and I know that's my own limiting belief, but I don't like to talk about it because I feel like people have not thoroughly thought out what they want when they say, I want to be in love, I want a relationship. And when people say that to me, the first thing that I think is work. <laughs> you don't know the work that it takes to develop and cultivate a semi-functional relationship. <laughs> so you, you've got to be mindful about that. And that's relationship across the board. So this is really an opportunity for all of us to investigate and assess all of our relationships, platonic and romantic. Relationships with our moms, our dads, our siblings, our friends, our cousins, our co-workers, and the people that we love, the people that we are intimate with, all of those relationships. So tonight's show is called Boundaries versus Conditions. Boundaries versus Conditions, I know. Uh, very, very, very very catchy title, I think. I love the play on the words because you would almost think that they both mean the same thing, but they don't. And when I was thinking about what to talk about, which topic to cover, this one has been kind of lingering around in my head for a few weeks. I was actually going to make this the first show, but I was like, no, I don't want them to think that all of the shows are going to be about love and relationships. No, 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 no. <laughs> but in doing that in my own personal romantic relationship and my relationship with my son as a father, I've been assessing myself and I've been defining what boundaries versus conditions are. And I've been checking myself. So one of the shows that we did was check your defaults. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ooh, <laughs> I love saying that. And I've been checking myself. I've been checking 
how I show up in my personal relationships, my intimate relationships, and I've been checking how I show up in my relationship with my son and my relationship with my friends and my family members and identifying if I've been setting healthy boundaries or if I've been setting uh, unhealthy conditions, excuse me, setting unhealthy conditions versus healthy boundaries. So boundaries versus conditions is what we're going to talk about. And so what is a boundary? I look at it like this. My boundary is the border in which I have to stop investing myself, but still willing to give you love. I'm willing to grow and go with you wherever that is, as long as it's really going to elevate us and not deflate us. So my boundary is the border in which I have to stop investing myself investing my emotion but still willing to give you all of the love that you need but once I identify that there is no longer any growth there's no longer any elevation there's only deflation there at some point I've got to remove myself from the situation not my love you still get my unconditional love and I'm still going to support you but we can't team up my boundary is is I can't team up with you in dysfunction if we're not willing to grow out of dysfunction into something functional the condition is my conditions are where I stop giving you love if you don't meet my requirements if you're not who you if you're not who I want you to be I'm gonna withhold my love that's a condition if you don't meet my requirement I'm not gonna love you if you're not who I want you to be I'm gonna withhold my love I'm not gonna give you my love I'm not going to give you my support until you live up to my standard until you live up to this requirement that I've created in my head and that's not really fair because none of us are going to meet each other's requirements 100%. None of us. Our kids are going to do things that absolutely tick us off. They're going to do things that piss us off. They're going to do things that absolutely want uh, that make us want to choke them out. <laughs> Especially your teenage boys. I've got a 15-year-old son and let me tell you right now, he does things, he says things that make me want to literally attack him like we're on the football field. You know, because I want him to live up to a standard that I think I'm setting for him you know and there are situations where I go you are coming up against my boundary where I am going to say stop I have to stop myself I'm gonna love you but you're taking me to a place that's gonna become unhealthy for the both of us you know my condition is I'm gonna withhold my love I'm not gonna talk to you I'm not going to provide for you in a m emotional capacity where you need me to and so sometimes you can get lost in boundaries and in conditions and really really create more dysfunction and so my son is really over the past year the first year in high school where I really had to assess my boundary versus my condition because I'll be perfectly honest with you there was somewhere along the way where I was setting so many conditions 
and I started to live and love him based on those conditions. Well, I'm not going to be as engaged with him because he's not meeting this condition. He's not meeting this standard. I want him to bring home A's and B's, but he's not doing that. So I'm going to withhold some of myself from him. And that's unhealthy. That's dysfunctional because he needs all of me, regardless of how he shows up. And that's where you have to bring in the boundary. The boundary is... I've got to be careful about how much I actually give you versus what you've earned. You catch that, parents? You have not earned the $175 sneaker, but you deserve all of my love. The boundary is I have to set a limit on how much I give you an extracurricular activity, an extra finance. That's where I have to set a boundary and say, we can't cross this threshold anymore because you've not earned the extra. But guess what? You always get my love. You always get my support. And sometimes that love and that support comes with discipline. It comes with chastisement. So that's what I want you guys to start thinking about. You know with me, have your pen, have your paper, and think about your boundaries versus your conditions. Again, my boundary is the border in which I have to stop investing myself, but still willing to give you all of my love. I'm willing to grow and go with you. My condition is where I stop giving you love if you don't meet my requirement. I'm going to withhold my love. The key word is love. The key word is love. Do you understand that? So one of the things that I, I really learned is that your boundary is where you're willing to be uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. The boundary is I am willing to be uncomfortable with you because we're graduating together and that takes a lot of uncomfortable grunt work. So moving from the stage of my baby boy always being this three-year-old who I'm coddling and loving to turning into the 10-year-old to turning into the 15-year-old, those are phases and stages where I have to graduate with him as he's identifying who he is. And it's not always comfortable. It's not a comfortable thing. Even in my romantic relationship that is about 14 years old, when we started out, we were very, very young in our early 20s, and everything that we did was, you know, very physical-based, very, you know, you make me happy today. I'm so happy. I'm, my head is in the cloud. You know, my, my nose is wide open. I'm just all into you. But the relationship at some point is going to get uncomfortable. It's going to get uncomfortable. And what I had to identify is the condition is as soon as I'm no longer happy, I have to leave. As soon as you no longer make me happy, I have to go. And there are classes and there are other radio shows and people that say, if you're not happy anymore, you've got to get up and go. Well, guess what? I'm in the minority because I call bull spit on that. And I tell people all of the time, if you're trying to get into a relationship because you want to be happy, stay single. Because the relationship is not supposed to make you happy every day. The relationship is supposed to make you uncomfortable so that you get to a place of growing pain. So that you stretch out of who you used to be at 25. You're better at 30. You're at your best at 40. And then... You graduate into different levels of living. Happiness is circumstantial. So I'm happy today because we had a great night of intimacy. 
but as soon as a bill comes that we can't afford to pay, I'm no longer happy anymore. Happiness is circumstantial and you have to understand that you will go through trial and tribulation in your romantic relationship. You will go through trial and tribulation in the relationship with your mom and your dad, in the relationship with your friends. We're not always going to be happy. There will be days, weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years where we are really working so hard to graduate out of circumstantial happy into joy, into peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm learning every day, every week, every month, every year in my romantic relationship that, hey, this person is not supposed to make you happy. They're not responsible for completely making you happy. You have to be accountable for your own purpose, for your own passion, for your own hobbies. If you put your complete self in someone else, then you'll wake up one day and not know who you are. And so I learned that in my own relationship because I believe we became so codependent and so absolutely merged and melted into one another that we couldn't make a decision. Even trying to make a decision became an argument because we needed to lean on each other for the the answer to the question. And when one person couldn't come up with it, it would cause conflict and confrontation. One person would be super aggressive, the other would be passive. And that is just a recipe for disaster. So what I'm asking you to do is really look at what type of boundary and what type of condition you're setting. I no longer care to be happy every day in my relationship because sometimes happiness is fraudulent. Sometimes happiness is inauthentic. I want to be authentic in my relationship. So if I'm not happy, I want to say you're really pissing me off. I'm super angry with you and I want to get to the root of why I'm angry with you. Because even if I leave you, the truth of the matter is I might jump into another relationship and the same thing that triggered my anger with you might trigger my anger with the next person. So I've got to identify how I'm showing up and who I am in this relationship. Remember that. Happiness is awesome, but happiness is circumstantial. And it's not necessarily something that you're always going to have. One of the examples that I like to think of with, with happiness is the relationship between my mother and my grandmother. When I was growing up, my mother and my grandmother were really like best friends. They hung out every single day. My mother would take my grandmother to some kind of store every single day, the grocery store, the department store, the mall. Every single day they hung out. And when my mother started to get entangled into addiction, that relationship started to die. I don't think anyone maybe close friends to my grandmother, maybe some close family members realized that when grandmother lost her daughter to addiction, she lost one of her closest friends. She lost she lost her ride or die, really, is, is who my mother was. And when my mother was in the thick of her addiction, and I was like 19 years old, I, I remember saying to my grandmother, you need to let her go. You need to give up and let her go. And my grandmother looked at me and she gave me this look and she said, Wern, I could never give up. I'll never give up on your mother. And what she was saying to me is you had never, ever, as much as I love you, as much as you are my grand, capital G-R-A-N-D son, 
That is my firstborn daughter. Everything I learned about parenting, the way that I learned to parent you came from her. You had better never ask me to, to let go or give up on her. See, I had set a condition on my love for my mother. Because she chose the drug, my condition was, I'm not going to love her anymore. And so nobody else should. And so I tried to dictate that. Now, my grandmother said, my limit, of course, is she and she and I are no, no longer friends on a day-to-day -day basis because her addiction is not going to allow that. But my unconditional love is going to chase her everywhere. And so what I learned from that is that I needed to learn how to love no matter what the situation was. And so my grandmother wasn't happy with that relationship for many years, but her love for my mother was stronger than her need to be happy. Do you understand that? Her love was stronger than her need to be happy. And so one of the things that I want to ask you to ask yourself is this. Are you trying to love the best of someone or are you just trying to release or conjure up the release of the stress? Because people are not there to release your stress for you. People are there to bring out the best of you. And I watch my, my grandmother pray for my mother, I mean, at least a thousand times. And I can say that my, my grandmother's prayers came into fruition. And so you've got to understand boundaries versus conditions. When you say you want to get into relationship with someone, you've got to be clear about what that relationship is. So remember, are you trying to bring out the best? Or are you just trying to have someone to relieve or release your stress? It's not fair to use people. It's not fair to use people. We're going to take a quick break. I want you to listen to the words of this song. And then we'll come back with some steps on how you actually identify your boundaries versus your conditions. We'll be right back.
All right, all right, we're back, we're back. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed that, that little inspirational song, and I hope that it made you think about, are you there to bring out the best of someone, no matter what, you're going to love them into their purpose, love them into who the creator intended them to be. So get your pen, get your paper, get your memo on your cell phone, bring out your stylus. I want you to take some notes because we're going to go through some steps. These are going to be the steps to identify where you're setting boundaries versus whether or not you're loving people based on conditions. Be unconditional about your love. So the first thing that you need to know is that love requires nothing. Love requires nothing but love. You can't love someone with a condition and say, you know, it's not like respect where you say, I'll respect you if you respect me. Uh-uh, nah-uh. No. <laughs> love does not require the person to love you back. You just love. It doesn't matter if they're giving you love back. You just love. When you get to the point where I love you, period, you won't set any conditions. I'm not going to say, unless you do this, then I'll give you that. You know, I'm going to give you 20%, 40%. 75% of my love. No, you give 100% love regardless of who the person is. That is a universal law. It is scripture. It is requirement. As you occupy this human body, as you occupy this planet, that's the one thing that we have not gotten. And it is where we are really deteriorating as human beings, as mankind. We have not realized that we have to love, period. The second thing that I want you to do is assess your values. Assess values. What does that mean? What does value mean? Ask yourself this. How much is your time worth? How long will you invest your time in something or someone who has not identified the relevance of their own time, of their own value, of their own self-worth? If someone doesn't know who they are, how much time are you willing to spend and play around with the person who has no clue as in who they are because they will not value who you are? So value by definition, I look this up, I always use the dictionary, the thesaurus. <laughs> value is to consider with respect to worth, excellence, usefulness, importance, relevance, significance. Do you understand that? Excellence. Love me excellently. Do you understand that? Value my time to regard or esteem highly. I value your time. I value who you are as a person. I will not play with your emotions. I will not play with your physical body. I will not play with your mind. If you encounter someone, I don't care who it is, family or friend, and they do not have any regard for themselves, they probably won't have any for you. Examples of value, honesty, commitment, vitality, spirituality, joy, peace. One of my highest, highest values is accountability. I do not. It's my biggest value. It's a huge pet peeve. It is actually one of those things that conjures up anger in me. If you're not willing to be accountable for yourself, if you're not responsible for yourself. So how do I assess values in myself and in someone else? One of the values I mentioned is honesty. If you know that you're a person who 
loves to tell white lies or if you're encountering someone who chooses to tell lies because they have not invested any time in configuring and implementing honesty as a value, guess what? Don't get in relationship. Don't get into business relationship with that person. Don't get into intimate relationship with that person because you're putting yourself at risk. Another one is commitment. Why would you engage in a relationship or business opportunity with someone who does not finish what they start? They've not, they didn't finish high school. They've never graduated in their career. They jumped from relationship. I stay in one relationship for six months. I've got multiple partners. They have no level of commitment. Their value is not commitment. Another one was spirituality. If you're a deeply spiritual person, regardless of who you believe as your God, why would you think someone who does not have any belief in a higher power in their higher self is going to have any value around spirituality. They could care less about a God. They're not atheist, but they don't care. So you've got to identify what your values are. Like I said, one of my highest values is accountability. That's mine. One of my highest value is giving love, period. That's mine. So the first one, make up in your mind that love requires nothing. The second one is assess values. The third one is this. Understand the difference between potential and purpose, people. Stop getting into relationship with people's potential. That's your stuff. I'm getting into the relationship with you because I, I believe you have the potential to become something. Everyone has the potential to become something. I did that for many years, for the first eight years of my relationship. And I cussed. I cussed my partner because my partner didn't live up to my potential until I realized that everybody has the potential to be something. But you've got to identify if you're forcing people to live up to your potential or if you're encouraging people to live in their purpose. I am now encouraging anybody I come in contact with to live in your purpose. Your purpose is the obligation to live in your divine destiny. It is what you are destined to be. I want you to live in your purpose. The potential is who you can be and not who you're actually being. You have the potential to go out and be a basketball player. You have the potential to be a landscaper, but is that your purpose? That's what you have to understand the difference between potential and purpose. The fourth thing, speak love. Speak love. My intention was always good, but my delivery sucked. And so my delivery be, you need to get your mother effing self together because I'm not going to keep dealing with this blah, 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 blah. Speak love. I had to learn to speak a language of love. I spoke something so volatile and hostile and aggressive because that's really the way that I felt. I had to say, you know what? I love you so much. And I really see the stars aligning. I really see the heavens opening up for you. And what do you need from me to do to help you believe in yourself more? How can I support your leap into victory? How can I hold your hand as we cross the threshold from problems into purpose? Speak love, change your language. And finally, the fifth thing in any relationship, any relationship, be willing to change. Uh-oh. 
Don't ask me to do it, Ben. I grew up with this. I grew up with people saying, I'm not changing for anybody. Huh? You want me to change? Listen, that's an old rule. What rules are you living by that don't work for you anymore? That rule of I'm not changing for anybody almost cost me my life. It cost me my spiritual life. It cost me my financial life. It almost cost me my romantic life. It almost cost me my complete wellness. I had to change and con continue to change the way that I eat, the way that I think, the way that I love, the way that I work, the way that I operate emotionally. Because the old rule kept me a new fool. Did you hear me? My old rules kept me a new fool. I was always a fool to my old rule. Every day I woke up in brand new mercy, brand new grace, not taking that brand new mercy, not taking that brand new grace, just sticking to being a new fool every day because I kept living in my old rule. So what I want you to do is identify, is this person going to force me to change to become my better me? I want to be my best self. Was it sex that brought us together? Because if it was only sex that brought us together, if it was only money that brought us together, or are we trying to get together on a deeper level? Where are we willing to change and grow? Ask yourself this. Can you only see the flaws or are you willing to see the God? I want to see the God in each and every one of you. And when I say God, I mean that great overseeing dominion that internal, external, omnipresent, loving source, higher power, purposeful thing, love, source, creation, giver of light and love that makes you your divine self, your core self, beyond all of the mistakes, all of the problems. Be willing to change. Change is not a cuss word here. Change is elevation. Change is growth. Change is moving into my highest, best self. I'm willing to do that with you. Are you willing to do that with me? I want to see the God in you. Remember the five things. Make up in your mind that love requires nothing. Assess your values. Understand the difference between potential and purpose. Number four says, I need to speak love. Number five says, I'm going to change. We're going to grow and walk into the light of love together. You guys know I love you so much. Set healthy boundaries and get rid of un unhealthy conditions. Until next time, this is Ben, your life transformation coach.